0: Where you gonna look for confirmation And if it's ever gonna happen So as I'm standing at the station
1: And welcome into 444.com's The Most Accurate Podcast. My name is Anthony Stoltzer, joined as always by John Paulson. John, how are we doing today?
2: I'm doing all right. How are you doing?
1: Good. I know you got some thoughts on uh, maybe the Packers. We'll get to that in a second. Want to tell you though about our DraftKings four four for four contest that we have going on. Last week's contest did so well that DraftKings has upped the ante. They've upped the stakes, and we've teamed with Draft DraftKings to bring four for four listeners a three thousand dollar winner take all fantasy football contest. It's exclusive for four for four fans. Here's how it works. Draft your favorite players that you think will do well on Sunday while also staying under their salary cap. Watch your team move up and down the leaderboard. If you finish in the top spot, you will get $3,000 to play. Go to 444 Twitter's page. That's at 444Football. That's uh, the number four F-O-R, number four football, and click on the link in the pinned tweet. Make sure you get your lineup in by 1 o'clock Eastern on November 18th before it all locks down. Before we jump into Thursday Night Football, what do you got for us music-wise?
2: This is a track uh, by Bon Iver, uh, whose real name is Justin Vernon. He's from – okay, now stay with me now. I might need to get some string and uh, a whiteboard to get this conspiracy theory I have going right now. But he's from Wisconsin. He's friends with Aaron Rodgers. Apparently they know each other. The name of the track is Over Soon, and I I thought of it today – I actually thought about play, uh, featuring on the pod last week, but I held off and did the uh, other track, the creation track from from Rushmore. And this track is called "Over Soon," which, when I was listening to it this morning, it really sounded to me like it's uh, it's time for the Packers to make a change at head coach. It might be over <laughs> soon. I think maybe Bon Iver, who's as I mentioned from Wisconsin, from Eau Claire, uh, Wisconsin. Was writing this in 2016, thinking ahead to the 2018 season, and, and maybe a little bit, a little bit of prophecy here uh, coming through. What do you think, Anthony? Is that, is that, does that sound right?
1: Uh, yeah, I don't even, I don't even know if you have to connect those dots. I mean, is there anybody left in the state of Wisconsin or any Packer fan in the nation that, after last night's game, isn't ready to move on? I mean, you certainly appreciate what Mike McCarthy has meant to the franchise, Super Bowl winner, and I, th- I don't think he gets enough credit too in 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 the development of Aaron Rodgers when he first got to Green Bay, not necessarily now, of course, uh, but after last night, after that loss, that was a must win. Like that's an that's an elimination game for all intents and purposes against a team that you're battling with. In the, in the in the NFC Wild Card, and you lose that game twenty-seven to twenty-four. When Rogers goes for three thirty-two and two touchdowns, you don't punt or you you punt instead of going for it uh, on fourth and sack on fourth and two. You don't challenge the one play that should have been overturned, the one catch by Tyler Lockett. It, it was just it, it's never one game. You know it's it's there's never one moment that leads to a divorce. It's always a build-up. There is there is no reason to hang on to Mike McCarthy. I'm not even a Packers fan, I'm passionate about this.
2: Well you wanna see you wanna see the greatest quarterback of all time succeed, <laughs> maybe get another Super Bowl, right?
1: Sure. Yeah. I don't know if I call he, him the goat, but I understand what you're I was trying to tongue in Yeah, I was
2: try, I was trying to get you to uh agree to that he's the goat by kind of tricking you into it. But um <laughs> yeah, I mean why why do they only have one timeout, uh when when they're getting ready to punt it fourth and two, like I saw, I saw a stat that the Packers are one of the top teams in terms of losing their timeouts in the Jeez. second half. Why is that? Yeah. Um, why don't you go for it on fourth and two? It seems like it was a kind of a no brainer there. But and you saw Rodgers stay on the field like he wanted to uh, to go. I mean, I think every quarterback wants that. But um, for me, this is if I can if I remember correctly, this is the first season where the Packers are really struggling. Um, and look like they're not right now. They look like we. I think we can agree. They look like they're not going to make the playoffs. They're going to have to, they're going to have to win out, probably go 10, five and one, maybe nine, six and one. They sneak in, but I doubt it. This is the first season where Rodgers is mostly healthy, not, you know, broken collarbone on the sideline, missing games where the Packers are going to miss the playoffs. If I, if I'm remembering correctly. And I think it, if you can't make the playoffs, uh, with a fairly healthy Aaron Rodgers, then I don't think he should be coaching the Packers. And let's, let's remind folks that when Rodgers has missed the Packers lose the, the backup quarterback's not ready. Uh, Mike McCarthy, you know, tabbed Brett Hundley to be the backup and he was going, you know, very high on him and he was going to come in and lead the team to wins and get, get through the hump, get over the hump, uh, last year. And it didn't happen. Um, they typically lose when Rogers is out and it just shows how important he is to the team and you know, Bell, Bell meanwhile, Bill Belichick in New England wins games when Tom Brady misses, uh, is suspended or misses games. So um, I think it's time. So I would like to actually see Josh McDaniel or somebody like that. So maybe somebody who has some head coaching experience, learned some tough lessons the first time, good offensive mind, and you know, Rogers is not necessarily playing well himself he needs to um maybe take some of those safer passes check down move the, move the chains a little bit more he's right. taking a lot of shots and you look at the offensive line third down I mean I was watching on my phone at the soccer field and it seemed like every third down he was getting sacked um so either get the ball quick not maybe not him maybe that's the play design you know they're gonna blitz get the ball quick get that's three or four or five yards that you need yards after the catch if you need to get the first down but i mean i i think there was four sacks on third down maybe more yeah um so there's lots of things going wrong but they have a decent defense uh the defense is playing well a new coordinator is doing pretty well they have a running game one of the best running games in the league uh jones does very well in the first half and barely touches the ball in the second half you know shore up the offensive line a little bit get a new head coach in there with a new offense and uh they'll be in business again that's my take
1: yeah, and we can we can kind of move forward after this because it get to the, the fantasy aspect of it. But you know, th- speaking of Aaron Jones, he rushed eleven times for forty yards, and he took over a couple of times in the first half, and then he disappears in the second. That's on Mike McCarthy. You're talking about these sacks three three sacks, four sacks on third down. How many times are we running routes that that are very slow to develop? And while Rodgers can certainly buy himself time with with his uh, legs and his mobility, this is not exactly the Aaron Rodgers of a couple of years ago, especially with the the knee injury, so he's he's a little hobbled. So you're basically making making him a sitting duck. Now I think we, for some reason, Aaron Rodgers is one of those elite talents that we always make excuses for. LeBron James, we don't make we we crush LeBron James, we crush Tom Brady, we crush these other great. Talent. For some reason, we fawn over Aaron Rodgers and it's never his fault. So I'm, I am glad to hear you bring up. Hey, you know, in the second half there. Russell Wilson was making some big plays. They won the football game. Aaron Rodgers has lost too many games now, and it is a team sport, so don't don't misconstrue what I'm saying. But they're you know elite quarterback versus elite quarterback or great quarterback versus great quarterback. He's lost a fair amount of these matchups now in recent years. It's not all Mike McCarthy, but it, it, we are to a point now where there's there's a lot of it that is Mike McCarthy that uh, you gotta have to, you're gonna have to move on here.
2: All right, let's talk fantasy.
1: Let's talk fantasy. What was your biggest takeaway from Thursday night's game? If you want to start from maybe Seattle's standpoint with Rashad Penny and Mike Davis and Chris Carson, that dynamic, Carson put the ball on the ground uh, early in that game that led to a touchdown. What what was maybe the Packers wide receiver cores? What what was the biggest thing that stood out for you fantasy-wise?
2: Well, you know, Carson fumbled, but then they stuck with him, and he ended up leading them uh, with 17 carries, 83 yards, and a touchdown. He didn't catch a pass. I thought the interesting thing, which is what I sort of expected, Carson would come back and have that RB1 job still is his. I think the thing that surprised me a little bit was that Rashad Penny, it seems, has moved ahead of Mike Davis. He did have the big run at the start of the game, and then um, it looked like he was a little gimpy, but he came back in and ended up playing ahead of Mike Davis. Uh, Mike Davis ended up with six touches, though, and 50 yards. So he actually had more yards, totally had some scrimmage than Penny. Um, and then... You know Doug Baldwin finally has a touchdown. That's great for him, not terrible for the Packers. But uh, seven for fifty-two and a touchdown, ten targets. Tyler Lockett five for seventy-five, five, five for seventy-one on five targets, highly efficient with his targets. I guess the one was a drop pass, but didn't get uh, challenged in time, so uh, that stood up. I was expecting him to catch a long touchdown. Uh, yesterday, uh, you know, the young secondary of the, of the Packers, I thought they would get beat, uh, burned deep by him at least once. Um, and then going over to the Packer side of the ball, I, I was a little surprised that, uh, Marquez valdez Scantling didn't have a, a bigger impact on the game. Three targets. Uh, he actually, Aaron Rodgers actually targe, targe, uh, targeted equinemius St. Brown four times. So one extra target for him. He had one catch for 16 yards. He doesn't seem very comfortable with St. Brown. He's shaking his head. As, you know, it doesn't seem like he's in the right spot or does what he's expecting him to do uh, quite a bit. But he didn't. He didn't turn over to Valdez Scantling when things weren't going well. It was you know kind of. Uh, he threw the ball at Aaron Jones six times. Jimmy Graham only had the one target. Had the thumb injury, so we got to check his status. Uh, Devontae Adams is like the only dependable option right now in that uh, passing game I, I think moving forward valdez scantling will be, become that guy but uh for whatever reason last night it wasn't it wasn't him
1: you want to do some injuries for week 11 sure. all right let's start off with joe flacco he missed practice again on friday with that hip injury now lamar jackson the rookie did return on friday with he, he had been dealing with an illness that kept him out on thursday but he did return friday today Robert Griffin III is also in the mix. Who do you think starts in this game? How does that impact the rest of the position players for the Ravens?
2: Well, we have to keep monitoring Flacco because uh, John Harbaugh um, said that he doesn't need to—he doesn't need to practice in order to play on Sunday. He's been practicing all his life, he said. So <laughs> apparently, he's got enough practice. That doesn't show a ton of confidence in Lamar Jackson yet. Uh, also, with Jackson missing reps. On Thursday, uh, kind of throws that up in the air as well. Even before that happened, uh, there was a beat writer—I forget his name—that said that uh, Robert Griffin is actually, uh, you know, in the mix um, and is—he is could, could start instead, and with with Jackson coming in on his usual uh, snaps. So it's kind of up in the air, and I think you have to look at it like if, if Flacco doesn't start. You need to downgrade the passing game a little bit because we're just not sure what's going to happen. And uh, you know Griffin at this point is is probably a downgrade from Flacco. Uh, Jackson, if he ends up starting, and we know that he's going to be an interesting fantasy play because the the matchup is nice against the Bengals, and he has the ability to gain a ton of yards and a ton of fantasy points on the ground with his legs. So uh, it's just something to pay attention to. I think it was a get into Saturday. And early Sunday, if as we get a, a Schefter tweet or a Ian Rappaport tweet about who's going to start this game,
1: Royce Freeman looks like he's going to be back. He's been dealing with that high ankle sprain, so he's going to return to that committee with Philip Lindsay. Any any concern about Lindsay with Royce Freeman coming back?
2: Yeah, I mean, this is more about Lindsay than it is about Freeman. You know, being a fantasy starter in his first game back or a flex player or anything like that. If you look at what Lindsay did with uh Royce Freeman in the lineup he had 10.7 carries for 62 yards uh 2.1 receptions uh with with Freeman out two games uh 17.5 rush attempts uh 77.5 rushing yards uh a little bit more involved in the passing game but not much more 2.5 receptions per game so the PPR difference there is 12.6 to 15.3 so Lindsay's still a good start uh but you know with freeman back it's a little it's a little bit more dicey so he's going to be a little bit lower in the rankings than he otherwise would be
1: the cincinnati inquirer excuse <clears> me <throat> is reporting that joe mixon's knee he's all systems go he at least that's what he was at friday's practice looks like joe mixon owners even even in a difficult matchup with baltimore that they're going to have their their running back where do you have joe mixon ranked now that you know he's going to be healthy enough to play on sunday
2: yeah, Baltimore is up there in adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs in terms of being a really bad matchup, so I've got him ranked more as a high end RB two this week as opposed to a, a low end R B one or a solid R B one. He's still gonna get a ton of work, but uh this is a bad matchup against the, the Ravens. No way getting no way getting around that.
1: All right, Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen both return to practice. They're gonna they're gonna play um, I'm assuming both of them then – actually, I'm sorry, Thielen, Thielen was actually – he was limited in Thursday's practice, but his status for Sunday night's game against the Bears doesn't seem like it's in doubt. looks like the Vikings will have their, their two stud wide receivers when they take on Chicago.
2: Yeah, and it's kind of a tough matchup. Chicago's 14th in a fantasy points allowed to wide receivers, so that's not too daunting. But if you look at Thielen's specific matchup in the slot – um, it's it's not that pretty. Bryce Callahan has been the his lowest of fantasy points per target, uh, fantasy points per route of the of the three uh, primary cornerbacks there uh, this season. So it's not the greatest matchup for Thielen. And with the multiple injuries, you start to get a little bit worried about him doing his usual production. So normally I have, might have him two or three. Uh, I've got him at six right now and keeping an eye on his uh, practice status. I think Diggs comes back and is, is okay. Well, it's been a uh, he's had some time to heal up here, and uh, uh, he's got a decent matchup on the outside, so he should be okay as, the, as a solid wide receiver too.
1: Chris Godwin remains sidelined on Thursday's practice. Looks like he's probably. It looks like he's heading toward doubtful for that matchup against the Giants. What do you think about Adam Humphries? Do you like him this week?
2: Yeah, he's going to step into more snaps. I think Deshaun Jackson becomes more viable too because he's been playing about half the snaps, and maybe he gets up to seventy, eighty percent of the snaps. Uh, with with Godwin out, and I think he becomes a more viable play. Humphreys more viable play, especially in PPR formats. They don't. Neither one of them are the best matchup in this in this uh, in this game. It looks like Mike Evans is going to run most of his routes against Genoahs uh, Jenkins, who has the highest uh, fantasy point per route allowed and in, uh, in coverage and in snaps. Uh, so um, Evans should have a bounce back game with Humphreys and Jackson being a more sneaky start type plays.
1: A.J. Green did not practice on Thursday. Marvin and Lewis said that he hopes Green will return this week, but that seems like a long shot. Adam Schefter reported that it's increasingly likely Green will be sidelined side until December, so that means more work for Tyler Boyd and John Ross. Where do you have those two Cincinnati receivers ranked this week?
2: Yeah, it's inter- it's uh, interesting that he's they're, keep, they're keeping out hope that he's going to play. Whenever I see that a team is hopeful somebody's going to play, I'm pretty sure that they're not going to play. Uh, you don't use that phrase unless you're kind of desperate or, you know, hoping against hope, I guess. Uh, so I don't think he's going to play. But looking at this game, Boyd has the best matchup in the slot, Tavon Young, uh, John Ross, the outside corners for, for Baltimore are good. So John Ross is going to have to raise the level of his game. He he was a sneaky start for me last week and, and you know, produced. But this is a whole other matchup when you start talking about Baltimore. I think Boyd is the is the safe play here, and Ross is just kind of a desperation flex type.
1: Marvin Jones remains sidelined on pra- at practice on Friday. That's a complete week of did-not-practices for Jones, making him extremely unlikely to play against the Panthers. It'll be Kenny Galladay. you also see Theo Riddick in the passing game out of, out of the backfields. What are your thoughts on Galladay and Riddick?
2: Well, they're really – I mean, coming into the season, you look at the Detroit Lions and you're thinking they have one of the best receiving cores in the league, and now they're down to Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones injured, they traded away Golden Tate. Uh, it's getting really ugly for the for the Lions, and I'm worried about Matthew Stafford um, just producing at a decent level for the remainder of the season if, this, if these injuries continue uh Galladay should be a pretty safe play should see a ton of targets I would think uh given the situation uh, at receiver for the for the Lions James Bradbury is going to probably shadow him he's been extremely good coverage this year so it may not be a great uh you know highly efficient day for Galladay but I think you know 10 targets is definitely within the realm of possibility um and maybe you're looking at you know ways to capitalize. I don't know that T.J. Jones or anyone else in the receiving core is really viable, but you know Theo Riddick. If you're in a PPR league or half PPR league, he sh- you know should see six receptions, five six receptions, and maybe uh, Luke Wilson at tight end. Um, Michael Roberts has been missing time with a shoulder injury, and they've been sort of splitting snaps there at tight end, and maybe Wilson plays seventy eighty percent of the snaps and and sees five or six targets this week, uh, given given the state of the receiving core.
1: One more injury I wanted to get to, then let's get to your sn- sneaky stars for Week 11. That's Sammy Watkins. He did practice on Thursday. NFL Network's Ian Rappaport th- believes that Watkins is expected to play on Monday, and that total is one of the highest betting totals that I've seen in an NFL game. It's 63-and-a-half. It's At one point it was 65. Is Watkins a wide receiver, too, in what should be an expected shootout now in L.A.?
2: Yeah, and the Rams are 23rd adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. His specific matchup, which I'm looking at more and more over the last few years uh, to try to identify uh, good plays, uh, even, you know, that looks great as well. He's got Marcus Peters. I mean, they move Watkins and Hill all and Conley, for that matter, all around the formation, so he'll get matched up against everybody. But um, Marcus Peters probably probably sees a lot of him and Sam Shields on the outside. Uh, I like Tyree Kill a lot. I like Sammy Watkins here as well. The, the one worry is that he's coming off this injury, but I think, uh, you know, on the other, on the flip side, it's a, it's a game against his old team, so I think he'll be uh, extra prepared to maybe get him a touchdown or two in this one.
1: Let's do some sneaky starts. You you have multiple quarterbacks that you like this week, which is nice because with injuries and bye weeks, uh, the the more options, the better at the quarterback position.
2: Yeah, I thought given given all the buys, it was appropriate to talk about a lot of these guys. There's a number of guys that are ranked towards the bottom that are in the as QB twos that, that have really good matchups this week. Dak Prescott, I think can produce against your Falcons at 31st adjusted fancy points, allowed to, to quarterbacks. And he's been pretty good lately. For last four outings, he's averaging 21.6 fantasy points. And that's against Jacksonville, Washington, Tennessee, and Philadelphia defenses that are better than your, than your Falcons. Uh, so this is a, a better matchup. And I think he's, uh gonna produce pretty well they they've given uh, the Falcons have given them t- 216 yards and three touchdowns to Baker Mayfield 306 yards and a touchdown to Alex Smith oh. and then almost 400 yards 399 yards and a touchdown to Eli Manning so this is a good matchup Eli Manning speaking of him he's got some weird home away splits going he's doing terrible at home and really well on the road makes you wonder if the New York crowd is getting to him or something but this game is at home, but it's against the Bucks, so they're 30th and just a fancy points a lot of quarterbacks. The matchup is great, so I would s- stick with that and maybe uh, you know reverting to the mean a little bit for Manning at home. Uh, Marcus Mariota seems like he's healthy and doing better. He had the bye and had the elbow injury. It seems like he's completely over it. Um playing well against the patriots last week uh he's got the colts this week indoors which is nice 29th and just a fancy points allowed to quarterbacks should be a fairly high scoring game in this one as well um so he's a decent play lamar jackson if he plays i think he's good we talked about him earlier and then finally if you're really desperate josh rosen uh <laughs> cardinals against uh against at home against the the raiders 23rd and just a fancy points a lot quarterbacks this defense uh, has been given up Fantasy points. Uh, he's given up an average of 241 yards, 2.7 touchdowns uh, to Philip Rivers, Nick Mullins, and Andrew Luck over Andrew Luck over the last three weeks. So it's a, a pretty nice matchup for Rosen. I'm, I would expect almost 250 and maybe a, maybe a touchdown or probably a touchdown, but maybe two touchdowns for for Rosen in this one.
1: Boy, there's a lot of bad defenses out there. Yeah, I mean you you can go up and down the list. This is just I, I saw a game they I think it was in our league, John, where the two teams. Scored like a hundred and sixty some points, and somebody lost by a fraction of a point. I mean, I just these scores are are crazy, and as we've seen in the NFL, and Vegas having to adjust the the betting lines. Just it's great for fantasy owners, it's great for you know people that love offense and all that. But it, it is it, it's not, it's crazy when you're talking about starting Josh Rosen. And when you when you said that, I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. I could see him throwing for four hundred yards against the Raiders. Certainly. <laughs> which which running backs do you like this week?
2: Well, I want to, I want to mention Alex Collins. He's he's been playing at an RB2 level, um kind of spotty, you know, has some bad games but also, you know, scores scores some touchdowns and has some good games. He's coming out of his bye and has a really nice stretch of matchups here and it starts this week with with the Bengals who are 32nd in fantasy points allowed to uh running backs and the, the Bengals have given up 5.43 yards per carry and seven total touchdowns to uh Opposing running backs in their last three games. So even if Collins is splitting the work, which he, he is, uh, I think they did try to acquire or they did acquire Ty Montgomery to maybe replace or push uh, Buck Allen as opposed to Collins. I think Collins is the primary runner. And I think, you know, he'll end up with uh, in a game where the Ravens should lead or be competitive, he should get close to 15 carries. And I think he could gain 70, 80 total yards and maybe a touchdown or two.
1: And then for wide receivers, there's two that you mentioned. One certainly makes sense from a injury standpoint. And the other one here I'm, I'm, I'm interested in because I, I actually do the profiles for the Saints. So uh, I won't spoil who, who you like. But th- your two wide receivers that you like sneaky starts this week.
2: Yeah, the other uh, running back was Theo Riddick, but I talked about him earlier, so I didn't talk about him there. Josh Reynolds at uh, receiver for the Rams. You know, the first game that he filled in for Cooper Cup, he didn't do anything. But in the second game against my Packers, of course, he's caught two touchdowns. I've, this is going to be a very high-scoring game, or at least it's shaping up to be. And I think Reynolds has a good chance to score or find the end zone, uh, maybe 50, 60, 70 yards receiving. Uh, Traquan Smith is the Saints receiver. He's been sort of quiet, but this is a nice uh, this is a nice matchup against the, the Eagles' corners. Uh, if you look at his home games... Going back to week five, uh, he had three catches for 111 yards, two touchdowns on uh, three targets against the Redskins. And then uh, his sort of bad games have come on the road, and then he was back against the Rams last week, or week nine, uh, two catches for 23 yards and a touchdown on three targets. So it wasn't what we were hoping for against the Rams, but he did still find the end zone. Uh, he's playing 60%, 70% of the snaps. Uh, and this should be a high-scoring game against the Eagles, so I like him as well.
1: All right, and then two tight ends, and then I, I like that you mentioned some streaming defenses too because a lot of people at this point, as I mentioned, with the, how many bad defenses there are, it's great that we're going to get to some defenses too, but before that, which tight ends do you like?
2: Yeah, New Smith is starting to come on. He, I, I thought when Delani Walker went out that Smith would immediately step in and be a high-end tight end two or low-end tight end one. Uh, In that offense, especially given the issues they're having at receiver uh, and trading away or releasing Richard Matthews. But uh, Smith does have back to back games uh, with touchdowns two for 33 and a touchdown against the Cowboys on two targets, three for 45 and a touchdown uh, against the Patriots on three targets. So I don't like the fact that it's just five total targets over the last two weeks, but maybe this sort of production is going to get him to be a bigger part of the, the game plan uh, this week against the Colts, who are 23rd in adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight ends. The other uh, tight end I mentioned earlier was Luke Wilson. He should step into 80% of the snaps, and uh, maybe he sees five to six targets there for the for the Lions. And then you mentioned the streaming Ds. I like the I like the Cardinals at home against Oakland. It's not too tough to to pick out, but the Cardinals as a team have been pretty bad. Uh, Defensively, I think this is a good matchup against Oakland at home. who have kind of packed it in. Uh, The Redskins have been a good fantasy defense this year at home against Watson, uh, Deshaun Watson, who tends to turn the ball over. Uh, I think they're a pretty good play. And then the Colts at home against Tennessee. I'm a little bit worried about this one. I'm debating the Colts. In one league, I'm debating the Colts versus Tennessee and the Saints at home versus Philly. But, I feel like Marcus Mariota is more likely to regress and have a bad game than uh, Carson Wentz, but uh, I I like the Saints' defense as a unit more than the the Colts' defense. But the Colts' defense has performed in the past. This is the last couple weeks. They just have not produced many fantasy points, but I'm hoping at home uh, against a a Titans offensive line that yields a lot of pressure that they can uh, have a nice fantasy week.
1: Yeah, for what it's worth, actually, like the Colts minus one and a half in that matchup, I think they're going to be part of my uh NFL picks this week. So I've, I've got similar thoughts to you in that the tennis the Titans have been so impressive, but it's really been their defense and Mariota has been good the last two weeks. But we Mari Marcus Mariota is what he is at this point. So uh, maybe I've got him all wrong, but I. I think he could be due for a regression at some point. If it's going to happen, maybe it's against a Colts team that is much better than what the record would indicate. That'll do it for John Paulson. You can follow him on Twitter at 444 four underscore John. You can follow me as well at Anthony Stalter. And don't be surprised if there's a big 444 four sale next Friday. So you want to make sure make sure to turn, tune into not only the Monday podcast between John and I, but also next Friday. Again, don't be surprised if there's a big 444 four sale next Friday. We're excited about that. Till Monday, good luck this weekend in all your fantasy leagues and we appreciate you tuning in to 44.com's the most accurate podcast.
0: So I can speak into the silence. It might be over sometimes.